This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, June 10th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The extra scrutiny applied to Tea Party groups undertaken by the IRS would never have happened if there had been no corporate income tax. The invasiveness of the tax code as it stands right now is an easy thing to forget, says Jeff Byron, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. The IRS scandal that's been in the news for the past few weeks has been about the fact that the IRS applied extreme scrutiny to particular applicants for a kind of nonprofit status known as a 501c4. And if you get that status, then the donations, the contributions, are not treated as taxable income. The allegation is that the IRS was very extra careful in looking at the applicants who had conservative-looking projects and not the ones that had liberal-looking projects, and therefore was trying to prevent people from getting this particular nonprofit status. My take is that whatever misbehavior there was, and there certainly seems to be strong evidence, it's somewhat inevitable if we have a tax code that tries to tax corporate income. The whole issue only arose because under current policy, all of these groups okay, are corporations. Okay? They're not for-profit corporations under current policy, but they're still corporations. The question is, when do you get to not pay corporate income tax? And the IRS is in the business of making sure no corporations got the status of not owing corporate income tax inappropriately. Best way to solve that is not to have any corporation owe any corporate income tax, because then you never have to think about what's a nonprofit, what's a for-profit, what's a good activity, what's a bad activity, an allowed activity or not, a political activity or not. There simply is no corporate income tax, so the entire issue just completely goes away. In addition, of course, there are lots of compelling arguments why we shouldn't have a corporate income tax in the first place. Okay, so it's sort of a win-win okay, to think about it in, in that perspective. What kinds of information are corporations compelled to provide to the government just by virtue of the fact that they do pay taxes? Well, by virtue of paying taxes, they, of course, have to basically show what their revenues and their costs are and their rules about what they can take as a cost, for example, how they can depreciate capital, and therefore that determines their net profits and therefore the taxes that they owe. But if you're for-profit and you're paying taxes on your reported profits, the government isn't that persnickety about whether you're producing toaster ovens or whether you're producing political campaigns or whatever. Okay, it's getting its share of its, you know, what it thinks is your sh its share of your revenue. If you want to not owe any taxes, then you have to convince the government that you are doing one of these approved nonprofit things, and there are messy, complicated rules. Okay? That's certainly a problem. What happened recently seems to be even worse is that they were applying these messy, not complicated rules in a systematically partisan fashion. Now, do you think that, assuming that this scandal hadn't happened, uh, or going down the road, we still have a category of nonprofits that not only don't pay taxes, but uh, provide benefits upon people who give to those organizations, right. 501c3s, it, would scrutiny simply shift to them? Well, I think scrutiny would shift to them, and that raises a somewhat harder issue because the things that are called charities, the, the not-for-profit corporations referred to as, as charities, such as many educational institutions, hospitals, uh, all sorts of other activities, not only do they not pay taxes on their income, but the people who make contributions to them can ex take a deduction for having made those contributions. Okay? Same thing with religious institutions. You can also regard it as a charitable contribution. As long as we want to provide that tax deduction for charitable contributions, well, then the government has to define what is a charity. Otherwise, I say, well, I'm just giving all that income to myself. I'm the public charity, and therefore I get this big deduction. You obviously would have to set some limits, or there would be absolutely, you know, 
everybody would zero out their, their reportable income by making it all as charitable contributions. So most people think that there will be fewer charitable contributions without the tax deductibility of those contributions. And that might be true. I suspect it's overstated, but it's certainly possible that the deductibility increases the amount. But it clearly has a cost. And the cost is the government now has to define what's a charity. It has to decide which kinds of education qualify as being charities, which religious institutions are actually religions for this purpose and which they don't want re to regard as religions for this purpose. That gives the government a huge amount of power to decide the way the economy is going to function, the way societies function, what are approved and disapproved activities. And I personally think that that power is going to be abused and is going to distort choices and limit freedoms in ways that don't have enough, that are sufficiently bad that the any increase in charitable giving is, is not worth it. Jeff Myron is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.